and welcome again to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. And I am Brandon Cruz, your host. Uh, but this week, uh, more importantly, it's never about me so much as it is about my wonderful guests. And this week, I'm joined by yet another UCB alum. She's an actor, comedian, writer, and improviser, and she's fresh off of one of her performances. Right? I th- right? I think that's that's right. It's a- yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I think our pre-conversation was uh, led up to that, so I'm not completely inaccurate. Uh, here's a super warm, but not quite so fiercely hot welcome to uh, Miss Jamie Gall. Hello, ma'am. Hi, sir. How are you? I am doing fantastic. It's good. Good. It's, it's good to hear you, and it's it's so good to have you on the show. Yes, thank you. I'm very excited. Uh, how how are things over in? Los Angeles, right? They, LA, yeah. Uh, they're great. We had a beautiful day today. Uh, today was also the um, International Women's Day. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. So with the exception of talking to you about this podcast, trying to, and I don't know when this will air, but uh, trying to like coordinate this, I stayed off social media. Ooh, and okay. I realized, like, God, there's just so many things that I do throughout my day that I'm like, I should Snapchat this or Instagram this. And it's like, just live in the moment, lady. <laughs> Just, just so, be, just yeah, just be, just so be present. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, I stopped. So you said it's a nice day in LA, and yes. I, I, I was there just for like a fourteen-hour layover on my Ooh. way to Texas. Uh, okay, like last weekend, and coming okay. from Hawaii to stop off in like a sixty-degree weather in Los Angeles was just—it was a little weird. It was a little weird. Yeah, to me. I mean, I felt. California or Los Angeles itself is like the perfect example of the fact that global warming is very real because <laughs> it's like I had my heater on last week and then today I was like opening all the windows and turning on my air conditioner. Um, also, I love that you slipped in the brag of like I was going from Hawaii to California to Texas. You yeah. jet setter, Brandon. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they call me a, a traveler. Oh, they do? Yeah, everyone does. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah, Good from... Thing, from the the shores of uh, North Beach to South Chicago. Well, I don't know where North Beach is, but I believe you. I, I don't. I don't think I place like this. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, no, I I never try to bra- brag about Hawaii. Um, you know, when you live there, it's different. You know, it's just kind of boring after a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I get that. I get that. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> well, well, well. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to hold you up. Uh, but I do want to hear your thoughts on uh, this next episode. Yes. The, the Prime Mover, originally aired March 24th, 1961, stars a Mr. Buddy Ebsen as Jimbo Cobb and Dane Clark as Ace Larson. Uh, directed by Richard, Richard L. Bear, written by Charles Beaumont, based on an um, unpublished story by the great George Clayton Johnson. Two greats, two great writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here, here's my here's my quick crappy synopsis. Okay. Uh, a diner owner, an unlucky guy, finds out his best friend Jimbo has the power to move things with his mind. That's telekinesis, Kyle. Uh, deciding <laughs> to take his talents on the road, Ace, Jimbo, and Ace's quasi kind of girlfriend uh, slash waitress of the diner, they head to a casino. Uh, they he Ace makes a ton of money off of the casino, uh, but he pushes Jimbo to his breaking point using his telekinesis over a game of dice with a couple of local hot shots. <laughs> uh, uh, 
he breaks Jimbo. Jimbo can't move things anymore. Yeah, well, realizing that he was selfishly using his friend, Ace decides to enjoy his life with his girlfriend uh, and, and proposes to her. And she says yes on a coin flip. So his luck has changed, looks like. Meanwhile, uh, Jimbo, he had dropped a, a broom and he sneakily picks it up with his mind. Turns out he hasn't lost his abilities and he hasn't lost his best friend. Mm-mm. The end. That's great. <laughs> so, uh, so with all that cheese aside, Jamie, what did you think of the episode? I honestly loved it. I this is an episode I hadn't seen before. Um, I love that it was like a mix of, you know, him being able to move stuff with his mind, which is very Stranger Things, which I love. Oh yeah. Uh, but also, like Ace is such a dick. Like, such a bad friend. He is. And, I mean, he's also, like, clearly has, like, an addiction to gambling. Like, he's a bad friend. And I love that Jimbo is able to, like, he gives him enough, but then he's like, nah, man, like, you're in too deep. I can't do it. And, like, it was a weird being a, like, it's what I imagine. It's like, okay, if you won the lottery, like, those people come out of the woodworks and, like, they want to be your friend. But it's like, oh, no, they're just, like, they want you for this thing you have or this thing you can do. Um. So it was like a fun Twilight Zone story slash life learning experience. <laughs> yeah, that I, I would I would say that's an apt description of of the mm-hmm. episode. Uh, uh, you know, before we started this this episode, I was talking about uh, a situation uh, in in my life and uh-huh. um, yeah. just uh, just about friends, right? And mm-hmm. and this episode kind of yeah. like it was weird because I was going through that, but also watching the episode. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah. And uh, so so I thought it was an interesting question that I, I came up with, which um, just about using our friends, right? Mm-hmm. Times mm-hmm. in our lives that, that we use our friends. Because um, we, we see Ace using Jimbo in, in that right. way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he clearly cares about Jimbo. Um, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Do, do, you think, do you think he realizes that he's like being a little too selfish with Jimbo, even like in the beginning? You know, I, I don't know that he does like this guy clearly has a gambling problem. (laughs) Uh, And we see that in the beginning when he approaches this like little slot machine that they have in their diner and talks to it. Like it's a woman that he like has been with and owes him or whatever. Uh, And so I'm like, I, I think that when you're that wrapped up in something, you don't think that you're being a jerk. You're just like, Hey, we're in this for both of us. And it's like, no, at the end of the day, you're in it for yourself, you know? Right. Um, I don't don't think he doesn't care about Jimbo. Like, I think that like they are friends, but I think that his, he doesn't realize that he's being selfish. You know, he just thinks that he's like doing something good for both of them when he's like making Jimbo, like have these like insane headaches or get sick from, you know, all these uh, manipulations he's doing. It, it's it's like when you when you pull your friend to just go party and you're like, hey, come on, come on, man, I need you, I need your help. Yeah, like a wingman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, I I want to get laid, but like you'll probably get some too. And it's like, no, the it, it's all about number one, and that it's all about yourself in like that situation. And we've all been there. I get it, but like this is definitely how it felt in this episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, even I mean, you, even I, I've been like just situations maybe not so much partying but like even if like i'm excited about something 
and sure. and I'm pulling somebody into that situation, but maybe they're not in a good place to be doing that. But I don't right. even, but you don't even realize it. Or like they're not excited about it, and you're like, no, 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 you'll love this, and they're like, I don't love this. <laughs> you love this, and that's fine. But like, just go do your own thing. Though I guess in this instance, like Ace needs Jimbo. Yeah, he can't, he can't do what he's doing without him, even though it's cheating. Yeah, there, there's a there's a weird sense of of codependency there. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in in less telekinesis, but like even the fact that Jimbo is just kind of like he's just like the not maybe not janitor, but the helper of the diner, even. Yeah. He's just constantly it, helping A's. To, oh, that's really interesting. I never really thought about that. You know, it's interesting actually. Until you said it in the synopsis, I. I guess didn't put together that Ace owned the diner. I thought that him and Jimbo just, and um, uh, Kitty, I think is his girlfriend, all just like worked there. So it is interesting that it's like he, he does own that place and Jimbo's just sort of like his bud that like is always there, but always doing something for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just super helpful. I mean, you know, like the, they're in the hotel room and uh, Kitty, Kitty gets mad because she's like, why are you uh, gambling so much? Yeah. And so, so then she leaves and, and Jimbo who's being used at this point in time, he knows he's being used. Mm-hmm. Is like, is, is she worth all this money? Yep. Like go get her. And he's like, Oh fuck. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I mean, that, that's, that's so, that's so such a selfless act. Um, totally. And, and beyond the telekinesis, Ace is just an asshole <laughs> using him uh, for that too. Totally, He totally, he really, really is like, I, I think that the most interesting part of this whole thing is like the first time we see Jimbo use his I guess, power or his telekinesis is this car like, um, is speeding or goes out of control and sort of rolls into these power lines or this power plant. That's right. And he, and Ace runs out and he's like, Jimbo, help, help. And they're just like standing there. And like, obviously this, there's live wires on this car. Like you can't touch it. Yeah. And, cool. and also the crazy thing is like Ace keeps me like Jimbo do something. And it's like, I don't know. What to do. I thought I was like, what do you want me to do? Then why am I touching this car? <laughs> and Jimbo like uses his telekinesis to move, to like roll the car over or move it away from the live wires. And Two points on this, I thought. One, we find out, like, the people who were in this accident got away with, like, a couple broken bones. And I was like, their car was, like, <laughs> underneath and, and attached to live wires that were, like, clearly sparking. And, and all they got was, like, some broken bones. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but well, when we... well, electricity back in those days only, only broke bones is the thing. Oh, you know what? That's right. I Dif- forget. Different, di- I was... different time, different era. Yeah, I was born way later. I don't remember. Um, but then they go to like uh, like their apartment or wherever the, the two of them live. And and Ace is like, tell me how you did that. And Jimbo's like, no, nah, I don't want to tell you. And Ace is like, fine. Like if my friend did that, I'd be like, what just happened? Like I would never, I wouldn't like turn them into the cops. But I would be like, you have to tell me about like, what is going on. Like, and they're just so cavalier about it. And then eventually Jimbo's like, Ah, fine. I'll tell you. It's it's <laughs> so casual that he can do this thing with his mind, and then Ace is like, "Well, now I have to take advantage of this." Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like no, like, yeah. shut up. Don't say yeah. anything else. 
until yeah. you tell me how you did this. Exactly. That's how I'd, I'd be like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn you in. I'm not going to do anything. Like you have to tell me how you did this. You have to. <laughs> and if you don't, then I will turn you in. Yeah. Or, or, or I will kill you and, mm -hmm. and try to figure out how your brain works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then I'll turn into a, an episode of heroes. Yes. All season one. <sighs> See, you get it. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what I also, also liked about that, that car crash scene was, you know, that, that electrical wire stock mm -hmm. sound. Just that. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pro so funny. props to the sound department for that. Totally. I actually, you know, it's funny at first I thought, cause Kitty, his uh, ACE's girlfriend leaves like right before this whole accident happens. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if that's Kitty's car that went in, that got in the accident. Cause it just because like the timing and you know how most television shows don't really leave like a lot of guessing, but it, it wasn't, which was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised that his girlfriend didn't die. Cause it made a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that would have been, I think that that would have been a completely different story, mm -hmm. and because then then Kitty would have been like, how was I, how did I get saved? And we we didn't actually yeah. like the motorists weren't surprised yeah. at all that they flipped back over. Yeah, no, we don't like they're knocked out. They only <laughs> broke their bones, but they're completely knocked out. <laughs> yeah, but something. they don't, but but they don't call the ambulance or anything. They're just like, ah, no. mm -mm. they're they're out of they're out of stock sound city. So yeah, they're they're good. Yeah, they're done. <laughs> Um, what, what do you think of, okay, I mean, obviously Ace is an asshole, but mm -hmm. like him just giving up on Kitty and immediately saying, Ugh. Hey, random chick, cigarette chick. Yeah. I have a few thoughts on that. One, I think it's funny that the cigarette chick's name is Sheila and his girlfriend's name is Kitty. I feel like this should totally be swapped. Like a cigarette girl in the sixties, of course her name's to be Kitty. Like Sheila. I'm like, no, no way. No, false. Um, and like, I feel like it really does like play into his character's, you know, storyline. Like he's just going to be like, come on lady. But we don't, well, here's like, here's the thing. We don't know that they like get together, like sleep together. But right. when he has, and this is getting important, but when he has that, um, gambler guy come over, she's there. So it's like, did he sleep with her? Did he, I don't know. Cause yeah. I'm like, you know, like, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, okay with any of this, but I guess like if, if it was like, oh, cool. I like got some arm candy to make you jealous. But then if it's like, oh, he slept with her, it's like, oh no. Yeah. Ooh, what, a, what a pig. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's a dick. <laughs> he's such a, such a dick. Yeah, I, I, I don't think she's there. She, she's not there when like they they start the game with those the with the hot shots. Does she arrive? I thought she came out of a room. I could be wrong. She must have arrived then. Yeah, I, I think she comes through like the front door. Okay, like, then that yeah. But she has a room key, I guess. I don't know. She just like pops in. I think back then, like doors were just unlocked always. Yeah, like it you was know what I mean? different time. You know, yeah. people move stuff with their mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh electricity broke bones you know all these different things exactly it's very different um i i think it's i thought it was interesting like uh, aside from aside from him being a crappy friend uh and jimbo yeah. being a wonderful friend mm -hmm. like at the very end of the episode uh ace decides to get rid of the slot machine yeah um, and like he has a legitimate piece of luck at the end with proposing to kitty and her flipping the coin and it it being the well and 
Actually, let me let me let me take that step back. She might have. He called heads, but she made she didn't show anybody, so she really could have been like, "Yeah, it was tails," but I'll say heads anyway. You know, I got the same thing. I th- I think that there's a part of her that's being a little bit like, "Okay, let's you are let's play this like let's scare him a bit." I'm gonna say yes regardless, but like he put me through so much, so yeah. let's just scare him a bit. Then part of me was also like, "I wonder if Jimbo flipped the coin." Like, uh, you know, I mean, you're right. She doesn't show anyone the coin. She flips it on top of her hand covers it and like barely peeks at it. So like that's what makes me sort of think maybe she was just like messing with him. But yeah. I mean, we truly don't know. Also, I'm like, man, I would have loved if she was like, tails, bye. <laughs> and he just like throws her apron down like I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah. And and, and then he's a- like, you've been back to work for two weeks since the <laughs> since Vegas. Why are you just now quitting? Cause I Going to back to Vegas. I don't know. <laughs> oh, side note on the Vegas thing. I, I love that this um, show did what a lot of, I think, black and white shows did. And some shows do now, but not really as much. With, like, Vegas um, montages, it's just, like, the lights of, like, the signs. Like, Golden Nugget, Vegas. <laughs> like, whatever, Crown. And it's, like, I just love that. I think they've done it in, like, I Love Lucy and, like, tons of the shows. Whenever they go to Vegas, it's just the, like signs the neon signs like flashing to the screen and then cut to them being in a casino yeah yeah there's like just overlaying as many yeah. different types of neon lights as possible yeah yes like some signs that don't even fit in like oh tax, totally. tax man yeah and you're like but i believe it it's neon <laughs> uh that's that's awesome um let's see are do, do you have any other thoughts about the episode uh well I did think it was interesting when um so obviously Buddy Ebsen plays Jimbo who's yeah. Jed Clampett and because I I mean like I'm a big fan of like older television so yeah. like when he first speaks I'm like oh he sounds like Jed Clampett from um Beverly Hillbillies and I was like what if this is like Jeb's life like he is it Jeb or Jed Jeb right J E B I think it's Jed J E D yeah, while, okay. while you're talking, I'll look it up. Okay, great. So I feel like, I'm like, what if this is like some weird like linear thing where like Jeb or Jed like had all this money and, you know, all his Beverly Hillbilly money and he like lost it. And now he's like, finally, I got a cool job. I'm just going to be like a lonely shopkeeper or like a lonely janitor. And then his friend goes and pulls this and he's like, not again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And he, and he just looks at the camera and is like, like not again. <laughs> but it was purely because, like, whatever his first line is, I don't remember what it was, but, like, it just sounds so much. And then that's just because, boy, I mean, obviously it's more exaggerated on Beverly Hillbillies, but, like, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know that I really heard him speak off camera or, like, you know, outside of television shows. Yeah. Um, but it was, I was, like, I went to this weird, like, fan fiction about, like, what if it's still him? Maybe, maybe like in real, in real life, in the real world, he actually has like a thick British accent. Maybe. I don't think so, but maybe. It's, I mean, it's possible, you know? I, yes. You know, if we can send a dog to the moon, surely Buddy Epson. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it is, by the way, it is Jed. Jed. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you. Wikipedia. Not a sponsor. Should be. <laughs> um, I, I ask everybody 
I okay. ask every single person when they come on the show, every single person, including you, oh. uh, if you had to rate this episode out of whatever scale you choose, what would it be? Oh, I, oh. Any scale. I'm going to say a seven and a half, eight. Um, you know, I think that uh, my scale is based off of just like, I guess, like a good story. Yeah. Um, because I feel like a lot of Twilight Zones, like they're never really scary. Like some are like scary, I guess, you know, by 1960s parameters. Like mm-hmm. I just like that this is like a really good, and I like this show better when they were like 30 minute episodes. Yeah, personally. Ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like, it was just like a, a good story that flowed. It was simple. Um, it's sort of like not to talk about improv, but to go back to improv, it's like the most, the simplest scenes are usually the, the funniest when you're like piling on thing after thing after thing. You're like, well, now we're lost and it's too complicated. It's like, oh, let's just keep this simple. Like this was a simple story about like, you know, a guy has a power, guy has a best friend, best friend betrays guy kind of, but then guy's always in control. I guess it's not a classic story, but kind of. Uh, and I just like I liked the story. I liked there was like there was nothing scary about it. Uh, but I yeah, I just really liked the flow of it. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna say like a seven and a half. I'm gonna say like a seven and a half, eight. I don't know. I think it's an eight. Like story wise, I think it's an eight. Okay. Well, here here's what I'll do. I'll I'll flip a coin, and <laughs> heads heads is heads is eight, <laughs> tails is. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Deal. Okay. Bling. You. What did you call it? Call it. Heads. Heads. That that's that's it. It must have been an eight. Great. I I believe that. I like that. <laughs> there there it is. And and guess what? Like nobody will know if if what it really was. No, they'll have to watch it for themselves. Do your own work, people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I concur with uh, seven and a half to eight. I yeah. Uh, I think I think it was a good episode, and yeah. and um, I I like Buddy Epson, and I like the fact that you know even though Ace is is a jerk throughout the throughout it, at the very end he at least is like you know what, like at the at the very tail end when when um, Buddy Epson is like I I blew a fuse. Are, are you gonna mm-hmm. be you gonna mm-hmm. be mad at me, Ace? Yeah. And instead of like Ace being being an asshole and being yep. yeah, like yeah i'm mad at you he, they just start laughing together totally i and, completely agree yeah and, and like they're, they're they're best friends again like mm-hmm. well, not not again they just always were ace was just going through a period of being a selfish prick he's caught up in this thing this big thing that's bigger than him you know mm-hmm yeah, I agree. Like in that moment when he was like, I can't like, don't do it. I've lost it. I've lost it. And he rolls the 11 or he thinks he rolls an 11 and he doesn't. And I was like, oh man, I was waiting for him to like blow up on Jimbo. And I was so glad that he did not Cause like, you really do have a lot of empathy for Jimbo in this episode. Cause you're like, he has this thing and this is his best friend. And if it was my best friend, like I'd do anything for her. But also like, I like that he had the wherewithal to be like, you're done. You can't do this anymore. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I like that. I, and, and I, I just want to commend you for using wherewithal. Oh, thank you. I, I think legitimately, I think that's the first time it's been used on this show. Woo. So 
So that, yes. there's, a, there's a first for everything. Uh, I did it. Insert applause. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, well, thank you. Thank you, Jamie, for, for talking about the episode. I, yeah. I, I appreciate that. I, I do want to ask just a few questions about you. Oh, okay. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm fine. I was like, are you sure? If you just keep talking about. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Good. All right. Um, that's th these are the hard hitting questions I ask on the show. Uh, so, so you are uh, an improviser, right? Mm -hmm. You you do, you do improv. Um, I do. How how did you start getting into that world? Was it always something that you 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 did growing up, or was it something you you picked up moving? I, I don't know if you lived in California your whole life or. Yeah, so I'm actually from Southern California. I grew up about an hour east of LA in a city called Chino. Okay, yeah. Which Chino. people might may know if they watch The OC or oh. they follow the Manson murders because some of the Manson girls are in prison. We have a maximum security prison. Yes. Our claim to fame. Uh, though, like, it truly anyone who lives <laughs> in Chino like doesn't even think about it. Um, and so, like, I you know grew up doing like community theater and some improv. Uh, like in high school. And then when I went to college, I auditioned for a short form improv group in Los Angeles, um, which is sort of like whose line is it anyway, you know, quick games and quick little fun, like vignettes. Um, and then I really just like, I got hooked. I it was back in 2008, um, like my junior year of college, I guess. Uh, and I was driving, I went to Long Beach state and I was driving out to LA like twice, two or three times a week to do improv and, you know, commuting and making it work. And then when I graduated from college, I moved out here and uh, started taking improv at Iowa West and was on a team there. And then about four years ago, I started taking classes at UCB and it um, just was sort of the, the school that spoke to me <laughs> as, as LA as that sounds, it was like, it just made sense. Like the, the teaching and the way of doing it made sense to me. And, um, so yes, yeah, so I've been doing it for a while, but I feel like it's nice to like really find your home, uh, in a place like to perform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, so you, you, you did short form improv and now uh, uh -huh. UCB it's, it's the long, long form. Oh, Yes, yes. So it used to be the long form, which is more a cohesive piece. You know, there's the Herald, which is um, a form of its own. And, and then there's lots of forms. There's, But long form is less like a quick three-minute game. Okay, now here's a new – get me a new suggestion and a new game. And here's a new suggestion. And a new, you might do 10 or 12 games in an hour set of a short form piece. But in a, a long form piece, you're doing like a full 30-minute, full 20 to 30-minute cohesive piece based off of a suggestion and then an opening to generate ideas. Or if it's a montage, you're just getting like tonight, the show we did was just a montage. We got one word and we did a 30 minute set off of a word. And I mean, it's not always easy, but it is, it is really cool to think like, Oh man, we got, and while you have tools in your pocket from doing it for so long, it's always cool to like have teams I coach where I'm like, I give them one word and the things that they think of are just amazing. You know, <laughs> Yeah, do do um, they just they just go off, right? It's almost like mm -hmm. stream stream of consciousness sometimes. Yeah, where and you're it's like, really cool. Like I don't know how you got to got from point A to point Y, 
Yeah. I didn't even go all the way to Z just for sake of argument. Uh, no, I get it. But, but it is cool to be like, I don't know how you got from point A to point Y and then how you got back to point A. Like that's when it's really impressive where it's like you went so far to the left and you still got back to that original thing you were doing. Yeah. Uh, like it, it, sometimes, sometimes when I'm just shooting the crap just with like friends or coworkers, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and maybe, I don't know if this fits in with the improv thing, but like just, I might just be telling a story that is not true. Just, just telling a story or joking mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. and, and just being in the moment and being present and just, just joking around eventually somehow I get back to the, the start of it and I'm yeah. like full circle, full circle guys. Totally, man. Is, is that, is, is that essentially what, like what you guys do? I mean, yeah, that's the, I think the objective is to sort of, you know, button up your show nicely with some callbacks, mm-hmm. uh, to the, um, original premise or a suggestion or a scene or whatever. Yeah. But I also think, but I mean, there's no, I, I think there are right and wrong ways to do improv, but when something works, it's like, hell, I don't know how that worked, but it sure worked and it was fun. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but yeah, I think the objective is like to, I think callbacks are so great because the audience, um, the audience is like in on the joke now, you know, it's like when you tell someone a joke and you like repeat the punchline or you say something and someone laughs. So you like repeat what you said. Um, it's like, oh, cool. They they get this because like they're in on this joke that I made, you know, seventeen minutes ago in the beginning, and now I make it twenty one minutes in, and they're like, ah, I know what they're doing. It's like it's a fun as as an audience member and a performer. It's a fun thing to be like, ah, yeah, I know what that is. I saw that thing in the first beat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That that that's that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I I I really admire uh, the you you guys who go out there guys and and, and women look just so we're you know <laughs> uh just, just to get away from uh, just, uh gender role. Uh, um fine <laughs> uh but i just i just really admire the performers that go out there that are able to to do that and and oh. i know and i know it's a lot i know it's a lot of work and uh but you know you you go out there and you make it easy and you make everybody laugh so that's awesome yeah it's definitely like i mean i people I know who are very funny or people I just know are like, I could never do that. I could never do that. And I was like, you can't, I mean, it's never, it's not easy to do it. Well, it takes a lot of practice, but then again, it's like, you know, gotta get out of your own way. And, you know, I've always said like the best, um, feeling in the world is making a room full of people laugh. Uh, whether it's not even a room full of people, just like making people laugh is the best feeling in the world. I think that, the world outside of our shows and in general is bananas right now and, and always, and people have good days and bad days. And when they can come to an improv show and let go as much as they can and just sort of like allow us to make them laugh, it's the, it's the coolest thing in the world. I mean, it's like what I imagine people who take like hard drugs feel like when they're like this euphoric (laughs) sort of like just, it's just as, you know, it feels just as good as a performer to make someone laugh as it does as a person laughing at the performer. I mean, it's a little selfish, I guess, but it's truly the best gift in the world. And I, I, I making people laugh is the best. Yeah. And, and the withdrawals are also as yeah. just as bad. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> a bad improv show makes like, I'm like, okay, should I go home or should I see if there's, 
a train going to the Hollywood and Highland station that I can jump <laughs> in front of. Um, do, do, do you keep like a, like a train schedule, like in your, uh, little glove, glove compartment? Or? No, I just like shoot for it. If I go, then there's no train. I'm like, not today. <laughs> um, but like, well, like a perfect example is, uh, uh, last month I got laid off from my job and I like had a show that night and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this show. Like I've had such a crappy day. I went into the show and it was like, it totally for that hour, you know, we have an hour long show on Tuesdays. It totally got my mind off of this like work stuff. And even when I left, I was like, I can, I'm fine. I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Like it really, and I mean, I have amazingly funny, brilliant teammates, so that helps, but also just like being able to just be like, you know what? This isn't about me. This is about making the audience laugh and making each other laugh. And it was just like, it was such a, cathartic and wonder. And I was like, you know, if it's a terrible show, then definitely going to find that train, <laughs> but <laughs> it wasn't. And it, you know, it, it was great. Yeah. That, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. La- la- laughter makes the world go round. It does. It's all, all we have. Yeah. And, and science, I think mm-hmm. uh, I can't get into specifics, but I think laughter. No, and I think science. that's a good point. I believe both of those wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. Um, so okay so you you are also a writer what what if uh what are some great examples of your of writing i i i didn't want i didn't want to ask about the jobs because i didn't know if if one of the writing jobs was something was part of the the laid off no it wasn't of, okay no Phew. i was like I mean, oh shit do i bring this up no no you're <laughs> when i say writer i'm like i guess cat loose in the term Um, I do like a lot of freelance writing, um, on the side of like, I mean, juggling a thousand plates, like most creative people do. Um, but like my freelance, uh, work, oddly enough, like a lot of my freelance stuff I do is like about like fashion and beauty and like stuff that I'm, I mean, I'm a woman and I like clothes and makeup, but like, I'm not like obsessed with like style and E news and all that stuff. But like a lot of my, my writing jobs that I get are, and I think a lot of women now are like, because these fashion magazines are, are trying to like fall into that, like, um, I I don't know, like sarcastic voice. Okay. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of my jobs I've gotten are like fashion magazines reach or blogs reach out and be like, can you please write something for us? Because, um, the other girl, I shouldn't the other people who work here are very knowledgeable in fashion, but like, they're very like matter of fact, you know what I mean? So yeah, I feel like a lot of, uh, and I bartended for a long time. So I also write about like cocktails and stuff. And for me, it's all very like superficial writing. It's not like what I want to do. However, right. I like having a day job. I need that creative outlet. I need that writing outlet. I mean, I can't, I just can't, you know, it, this is a bit of a tangent. Sorry, but today, no, no, today, I, today I took a, um, uh, like online test, I guess, um, you know, for like a job, like, a uh, uh, Microsoft word and Microsoft Excel. And I was like, I don't give a shit about any of this. It's <laughs> so stupid. No one uses outlook at like, no one uses. And I, and I have a lot of like tech jobs. So it's like, no one uses this anymore. Also like, there's nothing creative in any, any, any of this. And that's what like is scary is it's like, I need 
and, and I think that is why it's like I've kept these freelance jobs for years that make me very little money. Mm-hmm. But and it's like improv. People are like, you don't make any money doing it. And it's like, no. But every week I get to make a room full of people laugh. I can go to my job and I can deal with like numbers and BS. But then like I need that that thing that that creative thing to like let go of until I find a job that is creatively stimulating. You know? Yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. But- I- I, I, I am air force. So oh, my, wow. my, my, my day job is, I won't say, I won't say boring. Right. But it's not, it, it doesn't necessarily lend itself to creative thinking all the time. Right. Um, and so, I mean, that's why me and, and, uh, my friend, we, we podcast like right. this is, this is a creative out, outlet and you know, I, I get to write the show notes and I get to to do writing all the time and do research and read books and, and uh-huh. talk to awesome people. And like, I don't, I don't get paid for this. And people are like, oh, are you making your money? I'm like, no, nope. Yeah. That is, it's going the opposite direction, but totally. it's just, it's so fantastic. And it's so interesting that like our world equates sort of going back to Ace and Jimbo equates like success with money. Like, well, you can't be, or, or like you can't be a real actor if you're not making money. Right. Or like, this must just be like a hobby. And it's like, maybe, but I don't need to make money on this. To, um, sorry. I hope these text messages aren't playing on your thing. I don't know how to turn them off without turning uh, my volume off. Sorry. Text message. Very popular. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is like, I, you know, I it just, I don't think you need to make money. I mean, it'd be great to have this just be our jobs where, you know, you could be a rich podcaster and I could be a rich improviser or not rich, but like successful enough to not to have a day job. But it's like, that's not how it all works. So more, more power to us. Yes. Um, how can, how can people find more out? How can people find out more about you? Man, I didn't, uh, I don't know that. <laughs> stumbling over words there. How can uh, people find you? Uh, well, if you're in LA every Tuesday night at 11 PM, I have a show at UCB Franklin. God damn it. These, sorry, these text messages. I don't know. I don't know how to, I wish I knew how to turn this off. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you edit that part out. Yeah. So every Tuesday night at 11 p.m. if you're in L.A., I have a show at UCB Franklin with my UCB team, Cardinal Redbird. We do a show called So L.A. where we interview people about their L.A. Hollywood audition, acting, working nightmares, and we do improv off of it. Okay. It's very fun. And then I'm on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff at Jamie Gall. Very original. I didn't write a book, Will Hines. I don't have a blog, Will Hines. I'm probably in some videos on YouTube or Funny or Die. Will Hines. <laughs> That's all. Uh, yeah, fist shaking at you. I know. <laughs> well, well, Jamie, it yeah. was fantastic having you on, on the oh, show. Oh, thank you for having me, Brandon. This was fun. It was I... very... I like a therapy session. It was wonderful. <laughs> that, that, that's 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 actually my next podcast. It's cool. Therapy therapy with Theo. Great. Um, every week. <laughs> every week. Every week on Fox. Um, uh, awesome. So I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a link to your Twitter and oh. also uh, if if your your show if it's on if there's like schedule out there uh, yeah. I can put, I can link that to it as well. Awesome. Um, yeah. So again, thank you for coming on the show. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was so great. For the rest of you, there's a few ways you can get a hold of me. I am at S4YA underscore podcast, and that's on Twitter and Instagram. 
Uh, you can also hit me up on s4yapodcast at gmail.com um, and always at apatheticenthusiasm.com slash submitted dash for your dash approval or something like that. Just just go to apatheticenthusiasm.com and yeah, just, just, just check it out there. Uh, and also the other podcasts that they have. If you want, you don't have to, but if you want, they, they are there. So thanks again, everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. And until next time, I am Brandon Cruz, and this is submitted for your approval.